0: investor doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management with my co-host, Sam Guelli. Welcome to the show, everyone. And today is Wednesday, June 29th. This is the last podcast that we have for this quarter. So if you think about it, we're halfway through the year. Uh, 2022 is halfway over. It's flying by. It, It really is. In the summer, I mean, you've got... In upstate New York, you've got really June, July, August, maybe early part of September. So um, I guess almost on our way to the halfway point on good weather for our area. Speaking of good weather, do we got any good news on the investment front? Come on, Sam, we got to have something good.
1: (laughs) Well, all four of the indices I'm going to talk about are all positive the last week. So there's your... There's your uh, your good news. That's something. Uh, So the Dow Jones were up about 2% over the past five days, but still down about five over the last month and 14 year to date. (laughs) Uh, S&P, same type of thing, up about a percent and a half over the past five days, down about 7% over the past month and year to date. We're still down 20%. Um, Moving on to the NASDAQ, we're up about 1% over the past week. Down about seven over the past month and still down almost 30% year to date. <clears throat> and moving on to the Russell 2, it's the Russell 2000 over the past five days, up about a percent, uh, percent and maybe 1.1, 1. 1, we'll say. And over the last month, we're down just over seven and a half percent and year to date still down about
0: 23%. So pretty much across the board, Anywhere from 18 to 25 plus percent down. Year to date. Negative year to date with all the big ones. And then even the small caps, you said um, down about 20 plus percent. So no change really there, even though last week was somewhat positive. um, That's a... Kind of a, a sign of hope, I guess. And we'll have to see what the Federal Reserve does with interest rates. But I feel like that's been kind of the focal point. Everybody's got their eyes on interest rates. Um, I feel like even the war in Ukraine right now is kind of taking a back seat. I don't see a lot of news about it. I don't yeah, see I've, a whole lot. I haven't lot. heard
1: of, uh, that much about it either.
0: Me either. I mean, even on the Wall Street Journal this week, I don't, I don't see any news really about um, the war. And the impact there, obviously, everybody knows by now. It's impacting supply chain and raw materials coming out of Ukraine. There's also a lot of political
1: things going on in the United States that get more coverage these days.
0: T- oh yeah, tons, so. tons. Which, by the way, I guess what well, you know what I'll I'll save that for uh, the later part of the show. Let's let's keep on on track with these investment indexes and indices. Um, moving yeah. on. Let's take a look at energy. As we mentioned last week, it has been the poster child for a place to make money in 2022. The energy sector, that's the XLE. Year-to-date is up uh, about 28.5%. If we look at the last week, this thing is down just about half a percent. So seems to be somewhat stalling slowing its trend of of going up and making money for everyone this year but still i don't think anyone's complaining about being up 25 30% in any one sector the xlf that's the financial sector that thing down year to date almost 20% and the last week it's up about 1 and a quarter The XLRE, that's a real estate, that one is down about 21% for the year. And in the last week of trading, again, up just about 1%. And that makes up the major indices as we look at some various sectors on the ETFs. Shifting gears and looking at some precious metals, commodities, things like that, we look at the GLD. The Spider Gold Trust year to date is up about 75 basis points. It's been slipping a little bit. And in the last week, it's down about 1%. If we look at the cryptocurrencies, we look at the GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, year to date down 62%. In the last week, it is down about one and a half. Seems to be a pretty common thread. We go to the grayscale trust, that's the ETHE year to date down 76%. Last five trades, uh, five trading days. So last week, about positive 4%. The Litecoin Trust down year to date, 71%. And in the last week or so, it's down another 13, 12 and a half. So again, not many places to make money. Really, it's been the energy sector, some of the commodities, things like that. We've enacted some investment or deployed some cash into livestock, wheat, corn, grain, things like that a few months back. We've really looked at some of the value type of stocks, the non-traditional, at least for our firm. In the last decade, they haven't been the places to be as far as making tons and tons of money, although they pay uh, pretty consistent dividends, tend to have lower multiples. The growth stocks were the place to be the last decade. uh, Technology and some of the cloud computing tend to be less uh, and kind of out of favor, if you will. Almost every day we look at the NASDAQ and that thing is pretty down pretty much half to maybe 1%. And today doesn't seem to be much different. NASDAQ is down a half a percent. S&P down 40 basis points. Dow Jones is kind of flat. Russell, if we look at the Russell 2000, that is down about a percent and a half. So when does the bleeding stop, Sam? I think a lot of people got to be wondering, when does this end?
1: Yeah, I think that's the big question. I know that's what I've been wondering. I know that's what everybody here at Monarch's been wondering. And we're watching the TV every day, seeing if it's going to be more green or more red. But Obviously, there's been a lot of red this year.
0: There has been. Every year around this time, we we kind of look back to that old phrase of sell in May and go away. The hedge fund managers take off for the summer. Everyone's on summer vacation, I guess. But trading volumes seem to be holding pretty steady. And that means the number of people buying or selling stocks. And keep keep this in mind for just a minute. We're talking about clients who own shares of stock for the long haul, buying these companies and hoping to have them appreciate. But we see red. That doesn't mean everybody's losing money. Guess what? When those shares are going down in value, there's somebody on the other end buying those. And then there's somebody selling, right? That's what makes the stock market work. And so there are ways to invest in that manner where you can make money when the market is down. And that would be a bet against the economy. And I would say right now, there's this this pent-up demand for the market as a whole, pretty much across the board. I'm not talking about just one sector or large companies or just growth versus value. I'm talking about pretty much across the board. There's this pent-up demand where you have a number of shares that have been uh, in place. And if you have dividends repurchasing those shares, you're building up a quantity so that when the market does go up in value, I think there's going to be a short squeeze. And I think you've had some hedge funds betting against the market and the economy in the last maybe three or four months, and they've made a pretty handsome penny. You know, when when you railed off those numbers, 15, 20, 18, 25% for small caps, year to date. Just imagine if you're betting against the market. <laughs> that means you're positive the inverse of that, maybe even more. And then if you add in leverage. There are ways to capitalize on that.
1: So I have a question for you. Yeah, how exactly do you bet against the market?
0: That's a that's a great question. Like you know, you you buy a stock. How could somebody be betting against you? You can do that in a couple of different ways. Uh, one way would be selling a call option against the stock that you own. Not necessarily a bet against the market in that case, but let's let's take an example you buy Coca-Cola stock, it's trading at hundred bucks a share. You buy one share, right? You could sell a call option, meaning if uh, Coca-Cola stock goes to 110 bucks, uh, somebody could buy the right, the option to buy it from you at 110 bucks. So how would they make money? Well, if you have somebody on the other end, they buy that option They might think that Coca Cola is poised to go up to 120, 150. So, that to them would be a huge opportunity to be able to buy it from you at 110 bucks if it was trading at 150. So, they would make the difference. It would cost them some money. They would pay you to buy that option, right? Now, for you uh, as an investor, you hold that Coca Cola stock. So, if somebody bought that option from you, you would let go of your stock. And they would take that away from you. You collect a premium when that happens. So let's say Coca-Cola stock stays pretty much flat. Or maybe it goes up to 108, 109, 110. That person is probably not going to exercise their option. So you collected maybe a couple bucks to uh, sell that option. You still have Coca-Cola stock. Might not be trading at 150, but let's say it's trading at 108, 109. You made your 8, 9% plus you collected a premium to get that you collected an additional 2 2 bucks in premium <clears throat> now if if coca cola stock went down to 80 bucks you still collected that premium but now the stock price is down but you made money on the option that you sold now if you want to bet against the market you can buy put options meaning that you're going to borrow the stock from someone like sam Coca-Cola stock, let's say you offer to sell it to somebody for 95 bucks. So Coca-Cola stock goes down quite a bit to let's say 80 bucks. You already have a commitment from somebody else to buy it from you for 95 bucks a share. So you made 15 bucks on that spread. So that's the way to bet against the market. And then they have, and and you could, that's just one stock example, but you can you can do that on an index. S&P 500, Dow Jones, you can do it on a sector, you could do it on an ETF. There's all kinds of options that you can trade. And that's just one-time leverage. There's two times leverage, three times leverage, inverse the market. And those can get pretty dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. We don't advocate for our clients to do that. Um, It's more of a gamble. Mm -hmm. It is because there's expirations on those. They're not meant to be held for five or 10 years. And actually, I think we mentioned this before in a previous episode. There was a lawsuit about this. Had a client that went on to one of those, like either Robinhood or TD or Fidelity, had the option to buy this three times inverse the market, made some money in the first 30 days, held onto it for another two years and lost like 65, 75% of his money. Didn't understand that this was like a short term type of holding. And we plan for long term. So a lot of those short-term bets, you know, we're really not taking part in that. Um, to 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 really try to time the market and get it right. Got all these guys that write books on options and how to trade them. We are not options masters here. I I don't get involved in that stuff. Um, it's kind of fun to to look at, but we don't invest that way for our clients. And I think we're really looking for a silver lining. And I think that really happens when we look at Uh, the earnings that will be coming out for this quarter. So that's going to be pretty big. In the next few weeks, we're going to start to see more earnings coming in for the second quarter. We see two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Obviously, that's a technical read for a recession. So whether we're in one or not, we won't know until we see the results. Um, But beyond that, it's real. People have lost money to this point, right? And this is what's going to separate the... uh, the men from the boys, right? Because there are people who like to day trade uh, and see results in 30 days like they did with cryptocurrencies. You know, I put in a hundred bucks, it's worth a thousand in 28 days. Can you do that with stocks? Well, maybe you could, but not with us. We're not trying to achieve those goals. We're looking out five, 10, 15, a lot of times 20 plus years out. So time will tell, but I think uh, we want to keep an eye on things. Personally, I want to be looking at interest rates. I want to be looking at what the Fed's doing. I want to look at how people are spending their money. Is the economy starting to slow down? If those things start to happen, that's the time I think we'll see a change in the market. And I don't think it's going to happen until maybe later in the summer, maybe August, September. By then, we'll be heading into the third and fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, the tail end of the year, I think, is really looking promising, in my opinion. But time will tell. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dead wrong. With that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you want help building and managing an investment portfolio that's right for you? One that will help you maximize growth potential while you're saving, help you generate income when you need it most, and eventually preserve what you've saved to leave to your beneficiaries? We do this day in and day out and take the stress and responsibility of making those decisions off your plate. Subscribe to our newsletter, read our blog post, and listen to our podcast to get a flavor of how we do things. Our firm is unique and capable of handling all your investment and insurance needs. Monarch Wealth Management, our guidance, your future.
1: Welcome back to the Pennywise Financial Podcast here at Monarch Wealth Management along with Constantine. My name is Sam and we've been talking about 401ks and IRAs and the differences between them both and Constantine Constantine and I were talking a little bit earlier today about the new laws put into place in 2021 and specifically you know, how they affect uh, business owners in New York state. So I had a question for you, Cons, and It uh it was just that, how are these business owners now being affected by the new laws that we saw that were put into place in 2021?
0: Yeah, so I'm sure first and foremost, there's a, a ton of people who own businesses here in New York, um, which is primarily where our client base is. We're in upstate New York. And a lot of them don't know about this Recent legislation that was passed a year ago, and how it affects them. So, I think it's it, it has good intentions. There's a there's a purpose. There's a need. So, let's let's talk about the backdrop first. Like what it, what is the legislation, and and what I think where it comes from, and how people are impacted. So, in October of last year. So, October is kind of a I think a pivotal moment throughout the year, and I'll explain why that is uh, when we get to the restrictions on plans. But if you own a business in 2021, our lovely governor, Kathy Hochul, signed into legislation a law that requires businesses that have 10 or more employees to offer a retirement plan. So think about that for just a minute. Back in the day, and Sam, this probably doesn't, Impact you in any way. But back in the day, Kodak was a pretty big deal, especially in Rochester. You've got Kodak, Xerox, & Lam. They were huge, huge employers for this area in upstate New York. We even had people moving from or driving from Batavia or Buffalo to work. Um, and there's a ton of other cities uh, that had this change, this shift. But back in the day, you think of the big employers like a GM, <clears throat> GM, Xerox, Kodak, Bosch & Lam. What did they have? What did they have for benefits? Well, number one is they offered healthcare, fully paid. Go to the doctor, everything's covered. That has changed. Costs have been driven up quite a bit for these companies. They can't afford it. What else did they offer? Anything else? Any other kind of benefits you think that they offered? Um, the only thing that comes to mind is a pension. Pension? That's huge. And a lot of them um, kind of gravitated towards this 401k, this self-saving mechanism, right? This way for these people who are employees to engage in a, a method of madness, if you will, to save for their own retirement and take ownership, take responsibility, take that burden off of the balance sheet on these large companies. They just couldn't afford to do it anymore. Literally, many of them were going bankrupt because of these pensions. And so what happens is when you have a pension, you're expected to have ample reserves to be able to pay these people throughout retirement. Guess what's happening over the last 50 years. Well, it's kind of shifting a little bit more, but people are living longer. So instead of life expectancy being... 69 to 70, it was being pushed uh, from 72 to 75. And all of a sudden people are living in the 80s, some people in the 90s, and even some people in the hundreds. So if you're one of the lucky ones who've got this pension, you're drawn, you're bleeding that pension every year for, if you retired 60, could be 30 years of drawing. So that really put a lot of stress on companies and business owners. Just imagine if you're a small business owner, you offered a pension. So anyway, those plans are no longer found. I mean, you just can't find them. It's very far and few between that you find a pension. Most of them are frozen. You can't get in, yada, yada, yada. So now if if people's only way of accessing retirement accounts um, and income, supplemental income in retirement is to save on their own, do you think people are going to take action on their own and say, you know, I'm making $50,000 a year. I'm making 100000 a year. I'm making 200000 a year. I got to set aside maybe five, ten thousand 10000 into a, some type of account, whether it be a savings, an investment vehicle, life insurance with investment. Do you think they're going to do that? Probably not. Probably not. They know they should, right? Next year, I'm going to start that. It's like that, pro- I mean, my wife harps on me. All the projects, we've been in our house for almost 12 years. All the projects I said I was going to do, that I just never had. We just took down a basketball hoop that's been there for 10 years, rotting. Um, Shame to say it, but like, it wasn't very hard. I saw that thing every day of my life, just didn't do it. So people need to be motivated to do something, right? So I think that this plan, uh, this law, this legislation is a good thing because companies can no longer afford to provide pensions. So you got this new legislation and it's not, it's not foreign. Other, other states have adopted similar type of plans, uh, one of them being California, where they have uh, a number of employees. you got to have a mandate. Now, what happens here is if you've got a company, a small business, and you've got 10 or more employees and you don't offer a plan for your employees, what do you think happens?
1: If you don't offer a plan for employees. Right. Your you're a business
0: owner and, and you got 10 or more, say you got 20 employees and you don't have a retirement plan. Well, with the, does the uh, state penalize you? Well, I'm sure they do. They, they haven't quite figured that part out yet, mm. but they will come in and quote unquote help you. Mm. They will help you set up a plan. And in, in New York state, it's called the New York state secure choice savings plan. Sounds kind of fancy. Well, if I'm being honest, when the state is involved in, many things. And it's not just New York. Pretty much any other government run program. Um, it's pretty much a piece of crap. Uh, let, let's leave it that way. But so you have some options to give uh, back to your employees. And let's think about it. So Sam Guali, Sam owns a, I don't know, a small business, let's say it's a uh, lawn and landscape company, right? You've got 20 employees, they're hard workers um you probably want to find a way to retain those people right especially in today nobody wants to work nobody wants to work but you're trying to think of ways in, um, to be creative to offer them more without costing you too much and breaking the bank one of them could be a simple ira right so it doesn't have to be a 401k plan and just on the on the on the surface you know when you think of 401k's, 457's, 403b's, simple IRAs. Most people cannot understand what a 401k is. It's a retirement plan, you put money away, you save, you maybe get a break in taxes. Can't touch that thing till you're 59 and a half, right? And then you hear simple IRA and automatically when I talk to most business owners. So so right now is a pretty busy time. We're helping tons of businesses open new 401k's uh, simple IRAs, but when I talk to them about the differences, what do you think they, they lean towards, 401k or Simple IRA? Uh, probably 401k because that's the one they know or at least have heard more of. It is. And Simple IRA uh, has much lower costs, and there's some different elements to it, um, maybe less bells and whistles, and they look at it as a uh, maybe a, a, a less – uh, an inferior type of plan. And it really isn't. I mean, there's some there's some parts to it that you're not able to um, employ into the plan. You, 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 certain dynamics of the 401k that you just can't do in a simple IRA, which is okay, but it depends on your goals. So what happens is we talk to our business owners, our clients, and we just try to go through a discovery process. Like what's the best plan For Sam and his company. And so we'll look at cost. Cost is one of the, you know, one of the factors. In some cases, it might be the most important, right? How much money do you have as a business owner to be able to give back to these employees? What benefits do they get? So you're giving them a vehicle, a chassis, a platform, a mechanism to save for the retirement. And then you may be matching on some of those things. As a business owner, I want to tell you, it's probably one of the most important things that you can do for your employees. Healthcare and retirement plan offering. Now, you obviously, first of all, you have to have enough capital to do that. Got to have enough money, right? You might have all these dreams and wishes and hopes to give back to your employees, but if you don't have the cash, you can't do it. So there are ways to set up uh, either uh, 401ks or simple IRAs and give or uh, some type of company match on a nominal level. You know, a certain percentage of their salary based on how much they're putting in. The other thing is you want to remember some important dates. So I mentioned it was a a pretty pivotal time for this legislation to go into place last year in October. So why October? Well, October 1st, excuse me, October 1st happens to be the deadline every year to set up a simple IRA or a safe harbor 401k. So that's that's pretty important. Now, why do I think this is a timely uh, month to be talking about these? So we're at the end of June, right? July's around the corner, that 4th of July. So we're already looking at next week, you're, you're um, early on into July. If you want to have a safe harbor 401k, if you want to have a simple IRA set up, it's not like magic. You don't sign one form and all of a sudden, magically, your plan is set up the next week. It takes time. You have to give notices to your participants, to your employees, to people who are eligible for the plan. So now is a fantastic time to be, excuse me, planning for either safe harbor 401k, simple IRA, some type of retirement plan. And it could be in addition to any plans that some of these individuals have on their own. Maybe they have Roth IRAs. Maybe they have traditional IRAs. This is not going to prevent them from putting money into those plans if they're already eligible for that. So it's a great way to give back to your employees. It's a means for them to save for retirement. Because if you don't offer this, there's limited resources when you do retire. One that comes to mind is Social Security. I hope that you're not depending on social security when you retire, Sam, because I don't know how much is going to be left for you. And they might be extending or delaying the age you can collect instead of, I don't know, 66 or 67 or full retirement age, 68 for you, it might be 70, 72. I don't know. Time will tell. But there is legislation. If you don't know about it, if you own a business, if you want to give back to your employees, Definitely want to look at some type of retirement plan offering paired with some type of healthcare uh, if it's affordable. And there are ways, again, to form a group and uh, maybe pay little or nothing if you can't afford to do that. But there are means for you to help with your company. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I think you're making people happy. You're going to have better retention if you've got a plan. And guess what? If you are a business owner, and you offer some benefits, you could incentivize your employees to stick around because the longer they stay, maybe they get a larger chunk of that profit share coming back to them. So why not stick around for free money? Everybody likes getting a raise. And I can't tell you how happy I am when I talk to these new employees, when we open a 401k and uh, or a simple IRA, and I tell them day one, hey guys, guess what? You just got a raise good feeling. Anyway, a lot there uh in a nutshell if you're a business owner, don't know what a 401k, what a simple IRA, what retirement plan options you have, certainly reach out to us 800-480-1580. I'd be happy to work with you. With that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you have a high deductible insurance plan? If so, have you set up your HSA? There's a ton of people who don't know what it is or how it works. Even worse, there aren't many people who can give you advice about how to make the most of these powerful and unique programs. Not many advisors focus on this in their practice, don't understand the mechanics of how they work or even where to begin helping their clients. Reach out to me, Constantine at Monarch Wealth Management, and I'll guide you through this process and get you on track to make the most of your high deductible plan and your superhuman HSA. Welcome back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management with my co-host, Sam Gwelley. Welcome back to the show, everyone. News you can use, the latest and greatest in market updates and things happening right now around the world. The iPhone. The iPhone has a birthday. How many years, Sam. 15 15 years, so back in 2007, who would have known that the iPhone would change the way that people communicate, talk, use their cell phone, uh, carry that thing around in your pocket. And the first iPhone oh so 2007, wow. we won't ask how old you were, but I will ask this: How old were you when you got your first cell phone? I Think I was 13. 13. What mm. kind of, was it a flip phone back then?
1: Yeah, it was uh, like one of those little phones where you have like the normal looking phone on the front and you flip it up and there's like a little keyboard that you can text on. Okay. So it wasn't like, like very low tech. It was like getting there. It was on the way. Yeah. I they remember. was cool at the time. I got to say, when we were all 13, we had these little flip phones that had a little like a full keyboard
0: where you could text. We thought they were oh, the yeah. coolest things in the world. Do you remember T9? No. You may not. So T9 was basically a way if you had a flip phone, it didn't have a full keyboard. Oh. Where you could use the numbers to kind of. Yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, number two, I think was like ABC mm-hmm. would be three letters. You push it three times and you would get C. Instead, you could just type and um, pretend that your phone would actually understand what you're trying to write. It was pretty accurate. Yeah,
1: actually, I do remember that. It was, you called it
0: T9. I know it as T9 Word. I just didn't put it together. Got it. And I'll tell you what, the way that these phone companies, so you think of AT&T, Verizon, Frontier, there's there's a few of them, cellular one, charge for services. They used to charge per text. You could buy like a 50 text package Mm -hmm. or bundle. And I can remember that texting was really not, that popular when it first came out. So they would only give you like 20 texts and then you could pay five cents a text mm-hmm. to send out 15 to receive, something like that. Um, and then they graduated to, uh, they, they, same thing with data. Like people didn't really use their cell phones to browse the web. You know, I remember back in the BlackBerry days, we had a BlackBerry. Um, but, but the iPhone really did change a lot of things about how people <clears throat> do things, not just communicate. I mean, your cell phone is pretty much your lifeblood to to everything, you know? And the Wall Street Journal actually had a documentary. I haven't seen it yet, where it follows a kid who I think at the time was maybe 9 or 10 when he got his first cell phone. And when they interviewed him, he said, you know, this iPhone is my everything. It's my camera. It's my way to call people, send text messages, send emails. Browse for tickets, either to concerts or uh, airplane tickets. Um, You can listen to podcasts, music, look at pictures, tons of things. And now the smart home, right? You go back to your phone to turn on lights, to set security systems, to watch videos uh, about your property. And, you know, there's talk about that being the key to your car as well. And I have some smart home technology where my doors.
1: I've seen that. Um, some cars are coming out with that uh, I believe option it. where you can just unlock and lock and with your phone. It actually acts as like the key fob too. So you start the car with it. You don't need the actual key. My, my mom's car actually, you can lock and unlock the doors with the phone.
0: Just with the phone.
1: Yeah. And that was a, I think it was a 2019 car. So technology's wow. been out.
0: Definitely is. I mean they but think of think of where phones started. So the the first iPhone was not huge. It wasn't tiny, but it was a little bit bigger than some of the others. And it kind of graduated bigger, bigger, bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, even this phone that I have, I really can't fit it into my pocket, whether it be front or back pocket that easily. Is that a galaxy? Or this something? is something. Yeah, this is a yeah. this is a note. Those are huge. This is pretty big. But I mean, even they're cool, but yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a business owner, you take notes. You, I mean, if you're going to use it for finance and surfing, um, looking at stocks and things like that, which is primarily how I use the phone. I, in many cases, don't even need my laptop. But anyway, so the iPhone turns 15. Uh, I could tell you that we've come a long way since 2007. Uh, for better or for worse, I think sometimes worse too, because it is your everything. It is your camera. Do they even sell cameras anymore? Could you buy a ca- like a low end camera just for like a regular person? Not the, I'm not talking about like the, the nice cameras.
1: Well, I mean, I think people still like to use, uh, disposable cameras cause they're fun. Mm. You know what I mean? It's different. Uh, they, they sell these cameras. I can't remember what they're called, but it's like the old, old style camera. You, like Polaroid? Yeah. Polaroid. So you obviously, you know how it works. So you get the little instant, film right there. And people, photo? people are doing that now more because it's kind of like, um like vinyl records. They're doing it now because it's cool to it's like, like a novelty. A yeah. Okay. I can but see
0: that. But other than that,
1: uh, like smaller digital cameras, I don't think people use those anymore because why would you? The cameras on these phones are excellent now.
0: They are. And they have constant upgrades, different features, uh, fading, blending, uh, portrait mode, all kinds of stuff that if you had a, just like a static camera, you'd have to go out and buy a new one to get the new features if you wanted that. Um, But i wonder too, people don't really print the the photos. We don't. Um, I always say that I want to make a photo book. Mm -hmm. We used to make more of them, but uh, we have these smart displays in our house. That is probably my number one favorite feature. And they happen to be Google-based products, but that it goes through our camera roll and shows memories maybe of that month Last year, 5, 10, 15 years ago, um, which is we're not quite 15 years uh, of owning these smartphones, at least in my house. Um, I was probably in my mid 20s when I got my first phone. I'm not mm-hmm. talking first smartphone, first cell phone. Cell phone, yeah. Because I, I wanted to fight it so bad. I said, you know, if people want to get a hold of me, they call me at the house. <laughs> but it's definitely changed our way of life. So iPhone, I know they were looking at Apple stock. I think it's down around 20% this year. Again, oh. a tech-based company. Where will Apple be in 10 more years or another 15 years? I don't know. I I like the innovation that they have. I mean, they, people ha- the brand identity, too, is is a pretty big deal. The brand loyalty as well. Brand loyalty. It is. People see that Apple logo and they just, they cough up the money. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks for a phone. They just pay it. So time will tell on that. How about gas prices? (laughs) Gas prices. Now there's a, a federal proposal to have some type of help, if you will.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what the government can do, but I always thought like they have the power to do something. Why aren't they doing
0: it yet? They do. And you know, That's a common argument is, oh, you can't blame Biden or you can't blame Trump or you can't blame, no, not necessarily. Oh, oil oil companies control prices. Well, sort of. Supply and demand, right? What people are willing to pay for a product. And there's certain things when you have less, when you have high demand and less supply, obviously the price is going to be pretty high. And so we already know where we are here today. But the reason I bring that up is, Funny story, my wife, we were putting in gas the other day. She's got an SUV. So she says to me, I heard you stop the, the gas and then hang it up and then repump pump again. Did you take a break? No. I actually have to put in my card twice. It only allows us to put it $100 at a time. And then you have to re-swipe your card because it's a guess it's like a safety mechanism. They just came out, Wall Street Journal, talked about this. And so they've increased the hold on the cards. Used to be $100 max. Now it's $125. I can tell you several times this year, we've put in over $130 for gas. So it still required me to swipe twice. Now, this this gas uh, tax levy or whatever it is, is going to be somewhat temporary. As we, of course, head into the elections, uh, we got checks from uh, Governor Hochul. Uh, if you're a homeowner, you got a little tax incentive. I, I think it's really cute that that came out right before the elections, which is really nice. And then she also had her name on there, too. So just in case you want well, to be all,
1: It's a classic politician move.
0: You know, but to me, it's like, I can, be, can people be that naive to say, oh, Jesus, what a great job? People yes. have to know. But you're they right. Don't. People don't. People don't. People don't get it. People mm. want to be, they want to hear what they want to hear. They'd rather be lied to than told the truth.
1: Yeah, if they agree with it.
0: If it's something they want to hear.
1: I heard something interesting the other day, and uh, it was a saying. It said, um, I think it was, I don't want to hear your opinion. I want to hear my opinion out of your mouth. Oh, and that is like, That makes on. perfect Love sense. It. Where'd you hear that? I saw it on the internet somewhere, of course. But I was like, damn, that, that makes a lot of sense because that's like the idea that everybody has these days.
2: They that's do. why
1: everybody's so... Mm, I think politics these days are so polarizing, obviously. But it I think is. like that idea like behind it is the
0: reason why. No, it definitely is. Um, and I think with that too, with gas prices, I think that does play a role in spending and not just spending for travel, but like I said, even stuff that you do at a local level. How, how many times are you going to go out in your boat and fill it up? How many times are you going to take a trip across to another city uh, Renaissance Festival, I think it's coming up soon. Mentioned mm-hmm. that before. Still have yet to go, but maybe this is a year. I don't know. I, did I
1: tell you I used to go all the time as a kid? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. I, I mean, I loved it. So you, like your son would love it, I'm sure. Because I was around his age when we first started going and I loved it. It was awesome. I got to
0: give it a shot one of these days. And the really
1: good food, by the way, there too.
0: Did you so. do the turkey leg? Of course. Massive turkey leg. <laughs> and I'm sure, well, I don't know if you went uh, when you were of age to drink or not, but they have the the big, they got, got the horns. Stars. Yeah. Well, horns. they also
1: have the horns too. Like the big animal horns. They're probably fake horns these days now, but I remember my dad and my grandfather used to go with their big like horns and drink beer right out of the, was pretty, cool. pretty cool. I always yeah. thought it was cool.
0: That just brought a smile to my face. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Especially on a nice hot day. Nice, ice cold beer, uh, on the cover of wall street journal, Roe v. Wade overturned. Um, I don't think I'm going to touch that with a 10 foot pole.
1: Uh, that's a great idea.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I yeah, I have <laughs> nothing to say about that. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, we have to look at, we have to look at bringing in the political lens. Sometimes when we look at how it's going to affect the stock market, how it's going to affect our clients and either make money or sometimes lose money, which it does. And I was talking to a client the other day and they wanted to know, what we should be doing as far as repositioning. So what I have done for some of our clients is again, looking at the losses and deciding if those are losses that we should hold on to or realize right now partway through the year. And so again, we're halfway through. I think that we're going to see more earnings come out to give us an indication of whether or not we're in a recession now or not, uh, which seems to be more and more prevalent as far as what people are saying. And if it's not the recession, is it next year, you know, and trying to make those decisions and, and coming up with a plan of not just a tax perspective, but what do we do for the final quarter of the year as we head into Q3 and Q4. So I guess time will tell. When we look at Loretta Mester, again, this LPL research, they shoot this out to us every week, which is a nice, useful tool. She is the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland uh, and a voting member of the FOMC. She's still in agreement that 75 basis point hike in July is on the table and probably warranted. And I agree with that. I think it's going to happen. But couldn't we just couldn't we have raised it one and a half, two percent? It would have been the same thing, but I think we would have seen the effects play out a lot quicker would have been a bigger shock. The market would have dropped more. So if we see 75 again, I think the market kind of stalls, kind of backpedals again. Maybe we're heading for another five to eight percent lower. I don't know. And the sooner I think we see spending slow down and interest rates stop rising at such a uh, a regular on a regular basis, I think that's the pivotal point where you start to see markets improving and getting better. Multiples are coming in much cheaper you know, and I think some of these tech stocks that have been beat up seventy, eighty percent are looking pretty attractive. It sounds crazy, I know. Why are you investing in tech right now in rising rate, inflationary period? But they've just been beaten up so bad that now their valuations are more realistic, and I think it, it they're closer to where they should be. Make sense. I think so. On the eve of the iPhone's 15th birthday. I'm talking about tech and maybe some opportunities. Anyhow, with that, that's all the time we have today. Thanks again for listening. Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management for Pennywise Financial Podcast with my co-host, Sam Gwelly. We'll see you for the next show, everyone.
2: You've been listening to Pennywise Financial brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off.